0: everybody welcome to a brand new episode of the I'm wrong you're right podcast we are recording on Monday December 31st it's the last day of 2018 it's been a successful couple of months here for the podcast Tony and I have really been enjoying it and we're looking forward to going forward into the new year and continuing on but as of course as I mentioned before as always I have Tony Ferrari my co-host with me Tony how are you doing
1: Ah, pretty good. I'm hoping 2018 will end with a bang and 2019 will hopefully be more successful. I mean, you can always be more optimistic every year for everything.
0: Yeah. I mean, I always, you know, call me a a cynic sometimes, but I do enjoy the, you know, the promise of a new year. It kind of gives people a chance to start fresh. And even though most people's Most people's resolutions and whatnot last probably for a
1: couple of weeks and then they stop, but still, it it
0: gives you a chance.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you gotta hold yourself to some standard for at least a couple weeks, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and
0: speaking of resolutions, that is the topic for today's episode. I figured since it was December 31st and everyone's talking about New Year's that we could go through and... Take the teams that we follow, that we love, that we bleed with, and that we cry about, and identify if they were making a New Year's resolution, what would those be? So that is what today's uh, topic is going to be. We're going to go through all the teams that, again, that we follow, and identify that one thing that really would Contribute the most to a successful season, or even at this point, finishing a season going forward. So that's what we're going to start with, and I think it's appropriate that we begin with the Green Bay Packers, whose twenty eighteen season concluded yesterday. Thank with God, his, with a shutout <laughs> loss to the Detroit Lions. It was it was a twenty eighteen. That
1: different. was a it was a fitting end to the season, I guess.
0: I mean, that is the funny part. It really was, that is how bad, it, that loss encapsulates everything that went wrong with the season. I mean, we could go through, we did it last week, you kind of talked about what had gone wrong, or in our last episode, rather, and this was just a continuation of that. Rogers gets hurt, he shouldn't even have been played. They get blanked, hopefully, okay, well, we could <laughs> we get into that all day, but. So if you're the Green Bay Packers, Tone, and you know tonight they raise their champagne glass and midnight strikes, and they make their resolution. If you're the Green Bay Packers, what is your resolution for 2019?
1: Uh, to ask more, more resolutions. I mean, <laughs> not one, one thing. I mean, guess I guess you get to say if you could have one wish, this would be the situation where you say I'd ask for more wishes. Because <laughs> so yeah. Things that need to be corrected with this team. I mean, obviously, you get shut out at home to the Lions, which, you know, you dial back the clock a few years ago, and the Lions never won at Lambeau. And now they've won, what, two in a row now? And they won three out of the last four years at Lambeau? I think it's two out of three.
0: And on top of that, I think the Lions have straight up beaten us three times in a row, I think. Yeah. You know, like a...
1: So I <sighs> – So that would be, you know, in in a perfect world, that's what I would ask for. But if I can only have one resolution for this team, obviously it starts from what the most important position on the team is now, and that's with the head coach. Um, Obviously, they started their head coaching search last week by interviewing Chuck Pagano and uh, I forget who the other one. Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell. Which I hope that that was just the uh, message of the fans that says, hey, we're, we're, we're starting our search. I really hope neither one of those guys is in the, the front running for that position. Uh, I know that they're interviewing, or they want to interview, Josh McDaniels. And there was another guy from the Patriots. It was the
0: defensive coordinator.
1: Okay, I don't want any part of that. McDaniels I'm fine with. Um, but... Take your time with this, guys, because you got to get this right. This is if there's a New Year's resolution for this team, it's that. And then you work your way down from everything else, because, yeah, this was a terrible season. I mean, I would even say this is worse than last season because Rogers played every single game this year. You're almost better off at the first game him, you know, actually hurting his knee and being out the rest of the year because not only were your draft stock increased, but the the season would have been over then, and you would have known that. You wouldn't have no hope of, you know, what, are they going to make the playoffs or not, and gone through this, you know, up and down all year. So I guess New Year's resolution for that team is head coach. Yeah, you know, as I,
0: I can't disagree with that. At this point, I mean, you have the quarterback position locked up. Normally for teams, I'd say it's two things. You get a quarterback or you get a coach. We have the quarterback, despite how he played this season. We still do have a very good quarterback. So that the only New Year's resolution is you have to find the right coach. And I'm not even talking about the right coach for 2019. You need to find a coach that will be with Rodgers until he's done playing. Because that's that's the window we're looking at here. This isn't a... You know, I hate to say, it's not like a Mike McCarthy scenario where he actually had a couple of years of middling results, but it was always improving. You can't do that with Rogers. You can't have three years of, let's say, out of the playoffs or just trying to get a handle on the team. That's the biggest problem for the Packers. They need to find somebody that can take them to the Super Bowl this upcoming year. Well, Donald, and given, go ahead. And given how... The team looked. <laughs> it's really tough to get to gauge the talent level here because they under. You would ask any Packer fan. You would say, "We underachieved like crazy." But if this is the actual talent level of this team, oh boy, it's it's going to be a tough road to, a tough road to hoe here.
1: Well, that and then again, that falls back on Ted Thompson because he's. You look back; he handicapped his team in a in the worst way. Because, I like, I, I I forget when I said it, but, I mean, you go back through his last, what, six or seven draft years, they ha- they have, what, one or two first-round picks still on the team? I mean, that's terrible. And not only that, but, I hate to say it, but, I mean, this: the, you're asking a lot even for this, whoever this head coach is going to be, you're asking a lot because the talent on this team is subpar. And not only that, but, I I don't know how you fix this in, in like a year or two. I mean, I can see him getting a head coach, but I don't see them being any different next year other than doing a complete overhaul. I mean, you, you look at the guys that probably won't be back on this team being you know Nick Perry, Clay Matthews, Randall Cobb, Brian Bulaga, even Mason Crosby. I mean, those guys could all be gone, even Jimmy Graham.
0: Yeah, but at least at the the very least, you could argue, you could at least make the argument that the Packers will have money to play with. So, I mean, you can, you can try to bring in people you think will contribute to that change.
1: Right. But I mean, that's the thing is that, you know, bringing in free agents, even one always doesn't work. And now you're bringing in, you know, five or six almost. Yeah, well, that's
0: why, I mean, that's why this is such an important thing. That's why the one thing you have to get right is the coach, because, you know, the coach is going to bring in probably their whole new staff of people. So, you know, even though you could argue that Petten did a pretty good job this season, considering the amount of injuries and the fact that the team just did not do well at all, the co- this new head coach is going to have to, oh, they're, they're going to have to make do so many things right that's what i'm just nervous about. It's the most important thing the Packers have to do, but i don't know if i have faith in Mark Murphy's
1: ability to actually pick the right guy. Right. That and then again, like the, your window is probably a good 3 to maybe 6 years.
0: And you know what, and that's even assuming
1: that Rogers
0: can <clears throat> excuse me, that Rodgers can maintain that level of quality. I mean, we've seen you know, Manning and Brady and Breeze. but really, you know, quarterbacks tend to start to kind of break down at this point. And if you're not going to protect Rodgers, you're going to let him get hurt. He may not make it. I mean, let's be honest here. Like that's we're that's at pie in the sky thinking for six years. That would be that'd be the best of all scenarios, right? Ugh. It's just it doesn't help that we're recording the day after the season is over, but it just it's not going to change the fact that this decision is easily the most important decision the Packers have made since what letting Favre go, you know, and going with Rogers.
1: Yeah, that, that probably be it. I mean, that, that, that was the turning point I guess or one of the turning points for this franchise that you can point to and say that was a huge decision because again, you could look on the other side and say, well, if you kept Favre, and you get let let Rodgers go, you know, what success would you have had for those three years? And then what success right. Rodgers had in that time?
0: Exactly. Well, so, all right, so the Packers, we pretty much both agree that it's all about the head coach. You got to find the right coach for the, the, re, the New Year's resolution for the Green Bay Packers is to find that, that right coach with the right fit. So we will take a quick break, and we'll come back and talk about what the Bucks need to do the Milwaukee Bucks for their the first few place. Years. Milwaukee Bucks, first place. Milwaukee, although I think someone last night won, so I think now, technically speaking, they're behind. But you know what? We're going to go with the yeah. first place, Milwaukee Bucks. We're going to take at least in the division. Yeah. So we will be. We will be <laughs> right back. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, talking about. The New Year's resolutions for all the teams that Tony and I like to root for. We just talked about the Packers. And for this New Year's resolution, we're going to be talking about the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks having a really good season so far. Arguably their best season since you could probably say the 80s. Since the season. Since, I mean, yeah, really, since the 70s, you could probably make that argument. This is the best season they've had for a while. So it's a little more of a positive conversation for the Bucks. And for this one, I think, Tone, what I would say, there's a lot of ways that you could look at this, but I would say the New Year's resolution, uh, that the Bucks, the most important one for the Bucks, is going to be this, what they do free agency-wise this summer, you know, this season in particular, you know, at this point, I think a lot of Bucks fans are kind of saying, well, this is gravy. I mean, we're going to ride this train as long as it goes. You know, we're really happy with the performance. So who knows how far they could go this season. But I think, you know, moving forward, everyone's talking about Giannis and his free agency, the ability to give him a supermax, I believe, starts next summers from now. Right. And I think that's, you know, he is that singular talent around which this whole Bucks team works. I mean, even when he doesn't play, the team does still do pretty well, I got to say. But I mean, he is the superstar. He's the potential MVP candidate. He's one of these once in a lifetime players. So the trick is basically everything the Bucs do moving forward is geared towards keeping Giannis. So this offseason, you know, you're going to face. You're going to face some big questions with Middleton, with Bledsoe, and the kind of contracts that you want to give out. Lopez will be a free agent. So you have all these little pieces that are contributing to the success of the team this year. But there's a lot of debate. You know, is Middleton worth a max deal? Some Bucks fans say, look how he's performed. He totally isn't. Others would say, are you crazy? You know, yes, he is. Bledsoe, I would argue, has been the second best player on the team. Do you want to bring him back? You know, all these little decisions are going to be huge because if you do lock into Middleton and Bledsoe, I mean, that's your team going forward. That's your team that you're going to try and win a title with. So for me, for the Bucs, what they do this summer is probably, you know, unless they go off and win the NBA Finals this year, which would be a great problem to have. (laughs) that point you know then you you get to do whatever you want i have nothing to say but for the bucks i gotta say i think it's the off season which is what their big new year's resolution should be finding the right people
1: making the right decisions in the summer well i think that for for my new year's resolution that's part of it but i think it's about what you do before the summer and what that means for me is what you do in the playoffs because you know if Giannis is this you know next coming of the next big thing it's about who can you draw to Milwaukee not about who can you go out and get it's about who can you bring into Milwaukee I think that's the biggest thing is you know how can how well can this team perform in the playoffs and you know for at the beginning of the season for everyone who was okay get out of the first round but in terms of how well they've done so far I think that that's you know, you should get out of the first round. It shouldn't even be, you know, get out of the first round and then, okay, we're all happy. And then we'll, you know, whatever happens happens after that. No, I think it should be, if you maintain this level that you're at and you have, I think it should be, you know, dare I say, making it to the finals because I look at, you know, the teams in the East and Milwaukee can play with all of them. And, I just think that if you can make it to the finals and everyone's watching you and watching Giannis, that's going to draw in, you know, potential <clears throat> other free agents instead of you, you know, having to go out and pay them, you know, maybe draw them to you, like what Oklahoma, or, uh, what um, the Warriors did with Durant and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I mean,
1: I get what you're saying, and I
0: think – you know, the NBA has this really interesting dynamic where, you know, teams that are on the upswing follow a particular pattern. I mean, you could go back to, you know, like the, the Bulls with Jordan, you know, where they made it to the playoffs the first couple of years. You know, had some performances, usually lost to the Celtics or the Pistons. Then they got a little bit better, made it a little bit further, got a little bit better and eventually won. So if the Bucs are on that kind of progression, this would not be the year that you would expect them to make the finals just because it just doesn't seem likely. But like you say, I mean, they've been playing really well against the top teams in the East and it's going to be, it's going to be just really interesting to see if they have that confidence and, you know, the way that they play during the regular season the way bud coaches them if that can translate to success in the playoffs. I think that there was a really good article from about I don't know like 2 weeks ago, 2 3 weeks ago that Howard Beck wrote for Bleacher Report where he pointed out that the Bucks right now are doing this the way that they're building this team is a lot more of what it used to be, let's say back in the 90s where you had the singular star you're one superstar, and you kind of built around it as opposed to building up these super teams. And the Bucks seem to be uniquely positioned to continue doing that just because Giannis doesn't really, you know, he didn't grow up in AAU. He didn't go to college. Like, he doesn't do that stuff where he makes friends with all the other superstars and they ride a giant inflatable banana in the <laughs> Gulf Coast. <laughs> he like He likes to do things on his own he's got a very old school attitude so i always wonder if it would work bringing you know if i think let's say jimmy butler right let's i mean let's just you know say he was a free agent you want to bring him in or bring in Kawhi? i don't know if that would work because i think you have to i think you have to ride Giannis as much as you can and just provide really really solid role players now like a clay thompson you bring in a Clay Thompson type that's a little different he's more than willing to be the second banana the third banana and just contribute to winning the problem with bringing in one of those big stars is they're going to want to see themselves if you ask me as i'm the number one option with Giannis that is that's not going to happen i mean you could bring in you could bring in Kawhi you could bring in I mean, you could bring in Durant and, you know, you're still having this debate. Well, no, Giannis, it shouldn't be working through Giannis. He's what makes this team work. So I don't know. I think, you know, even if they do well in the playoffs, bringing in a superstar, I think it's going to be more important to do well in the playoffs and then see with that mid-tier Clay Thompson-type talent who they would be interested in coming in to the Bucks. I don't think another superstar is going to work with the Bucks with
1: the way Giannis plays. Well, it also uh, will be interesting to see what they do with the trade deadline. Because, I mean, if they're yes. if they're up at the top still, in, you know, mid-February, and there's a guy out there that, you know, could really put them over the top, I'd be inter- interested to see if they go for it. And I would say, why not? I mean, why if, if you've been good all year and you're still at the top, and then you can go out and get that guy that can basically put you over the top, then yeah, go for it. It's true. I mean, you know, everybody says you never know when you're going
0: to get back to, you know, or you never know when you're going to have this kind of season again, you would make the assumption that the bucks would be able to play at this level for the next couple of years, but you don't know that, you know, God forbid something happened to Giannis or, things take a downturn. I always think back to those teams like the mid-90s Magic that made the finals and everybody thought, well, they'll be back. You know, this is just the step one for a young team. Never made it back again. Yep. So, yeah, I... it's good. This is such a fascinating season for the Bucks. I mean, and I'm just enjoying the ride right now. I mean, I love watching this team. They are so much fun to turn on every night.
1: Oh, absolutely. And that's something that the city of Milwaukee especially basketball fans have been waiting for what seems to be forever
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's an excellent point all right we will take a break we will come back and we're going to switch over to America's pastime we're going to talk MLB coming up next Happy New Year, everybody. (laughs) We are back on the I Am Wrong, You're Right podcast. We have talked the NFL. We have talked the NBA. Now, we're going to talk about Major League Baseball. Now, Tony, you and I both really follow two different teams. So, our resolutions, obviously, are going to be a little different. So, I will let you begin with what you think the New Year's resolution for the Milwaukee Brewers in 2019 should be. I like
1: how our teams are... You know, your re- resolution could be how much money can I throw at somebody in our resolution <laughs> save on a good player. Yeah.
0: What? I mean, come on now, it's not like the Yankees. Okay, it's true.
1: No. <laughs> I mean, really, it's just you know, you got walk up to a Bryce Harper and say how much do you want, and then you just write the check and you're done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it, well, well,
0: we'll get to the Yankees when we get there. Yeah. So you go with the Brewers first. Well, please. I
1: guess. You know, piggybacking off of their success from this last year, I basically look at this team and I say, Well, okay, what do you what do they need? And I guess my New Year's resolution for them would be at some point between now and the trade deadline would be to get the the ace that they need within the rotation. Now, that's not to poo poo, you know, their rotation This year, I mean, it was good. I can't say, you know, anything bad about it, but I still felt like come playoff time, especially, you know, against the Dodgers, you needed that ace because you rode your bullpen for as long as you could and that got you as far as you could. But in the end, it still, you know, was your downfall. So I guess, you know, with the addition of Jimmy Nelson, it'll help. I don't know, you know, how well he's going to be after missing a year and with the injury that he had, but I do think that for the New Year's resolution for this team would be to go out and get that ace. Well,
0: even if you're, I mean, if you're talking in the playoffs, all you need is, you know, a good free hand in, in the, in, it, Right. I mean, because in the playoffs, it sometimes it just comes down to a game. If it's like if you get an ace to give you that ace quality game sometimes, you know, in the, let's say it's in the NLCS just one time, you know, that totally can change how a series goes. You don't have to dip into your bullpen as early. I mean, cause by the end of the NLCS and you could just tell that the bullpen with the exception of Hader, I mean, he was still a God for the entire, the entire run, but I mean, they were starting to
1: get hit a little bit. Right, and that's the thing. Like you, you look on the other side and with Kershaw. I mean, he, I think he pitched what three, three games or two games, but it, he pitched the last um, game seven. But still, I mean, that's that's the difference. Is that you know when you have that ace where you know that in a situation like a game seven, you can have him come in and still give you know three or four innings and shut and shut uh, shut the other team down. You need that.
0: But the way that, I mean, I guess it comes down to if the birds want to do that, is it worth, you know, the question is, I suppose, if you want to get somebody like that, is it worth the money? I mean, it almost seems like they would be better off getting a rental at that well, point
1: than signing someone to long term. Well, that's why I say I would give them till the trade deadline, because if there is a guy that's, you know, been consistent, maybe from last year and then all the way up through, you know, July, then you can use your farm system trade away guys and maybe if you're lucky he's a guy that you know is contract friendly that you know isn't gonna really handicap you in the future that you can hold on to him for maybe two or three years and then either pay him or unload him. So Right.
0: Okay. So you're thinking started pitching like at ace for the Brewers. Yes. <sighs> the Yankees are interesting because I mean, they they had a great run last year. I mean, it's kind of, it's interesting to see. It's a similar situation between you and me in terms of the success of the team last year. Now, obviously the Brewers went further, but in terms of the season that both teams had, it was pretty good. I mean, you know, the Brewers freaking won the division and the Yankees, you know, if they were in any other division that didn't have the Boston Red Sox in it, you know, they win the division. They had a really great year. And so this whole offseason has been just talk of money and throwing it at Harper, who apparently the Yankees keep saying are not particularly interested in just because the outfield is kind of stacked right now. So it seems like Harper and the ask is a little much, but from all that I'm reading, it seems that Machado is headed towards New York, which, you know, (laughs) hey, yeah. You know, as a Yankees fan, I should get used to this at some point when we keep signing people that I just really don't care for, but they are really good at baseball. So it's like, okay, you know, I think with A-Rod, A-Rod wasn't really, was a weird guy, and he, like, he didn't really love him, but you still had to, whatever. I mean, (laughs) it just gets to a point where, you know, at least Machado just seems to be a, a jerk, you know, on the field but he still is really good so I guess that's fine you know so I mean for the Yankees I don't even really know what their New Year's resolution would be honestly I mean because they had such a good year I could say the same thing you know everybody says "Ah, eh, go get an ace go get an ace but these days it seems in baseball you can't get by without it depending on how the other components to your team do. I mean, the Yankees lineup is freaking stacked. You know, There's no need. They don't even need Machado's bats. That's the crazy part. I mean, Machado would just be like a cherry on top. You have freaking Aaron Judge and Stanton. You know, that's, that's a one-two punch <laughs> that you don't see very often. So I guess, you know, my resolution for the Yankees would be to have their manager, Aaron Boone, who was in his first year last year, I think it would be for him to tighten up some of the decision-making because he really made some questionable calls in terms of people to bring in people to keep, you know, out there. It's just, you know, he those kind of mistakes that a first-year manager makes, which is fine if you're a first-year manager for the pirates or something, but the Yankees, you know, They had just been to the ALCS the year before. The expectation was, all right, let's get to the World Series and bring championship number 28 to the Bronx. But when you have a first-year manager, he's going to make those mistakes. So I think my biggest resolution would be for Aaron Boone to learn from what he did last year and actually implement what he learned for the team moving forward.
1: I guess that's all you can hope for, right?
0: I mean, you know, because Boston is really good. <laughs> it's going to be – I mean, it was fun. It was fun last year to have the Boston-New York thing back in the back in the mix. And, you know, the two teams were both really good. So, I mean, that was enjoyable. The result was not. <laughs> I mean, you know, every time the Red Sox make the World Series, I root so hard for whatever National League team plays. And every time they disappoint me. Every time <laughs> – they disappoint me. <laughs> <laughs> Whether it was the Cardinals. and I always feel so dirty. Like I felt dirty rooting for the Cardinals in '04. The Rockies, I could care less. I mean, you know, th- go go Rockies. I have no, I have no beef with them. But even the Dodgers, after beating the Brewers this year, I wasn't huge fans of them. But it was like, no, just beat Boston, please. <clears throat> but no, Boston, you know, is such an unlucky, unlucky sports town. You know, they just. They pull them up by their bootstraps, and they just gritted out every win. And <laughs> I'm going to throw on
1: now.
0: <laughs> okay, so those were our New Year's resolutions for Major League Baseball. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little hockey. We're going to move on and close out with the NHL. So stick around. We'll be right back. And we are back on the I'm wrong, you're right podcast. We are closing things down here by talking about the New Year's resolutions for the two teams that Tony and I follow in the National Hockey League. I would be the New York Islanders and Tony would be the Nashville Predators. Uh, Tony, the Preds having a good, having another good season. They've been on a nice little run the last few years here, but yep. what would you say is their resolution for this, the rest of this season? <sighs>
1: I may sound over the top, but the, my New Year's resolution is for them to make the Stanley Cup Finals again, simply because, I mean, their window is unfortunately closing. Um, last year, I mean, obviously, when the President's Cup, you know, you feel good going into the playoffs last year, especially with, you know, making it to the finals the year prior, and mm-hmm. bounced out in the, yep. against the Jets. Yeah,
0: which I mean, a good team. I mean, it was it's not like getting bounced out in the first round by like the Kings or something. I mean, the the Jets were a good team. So I guess there's no shame in losing. But I understand what you're saying. Right.
1: But I guess if you if I like, you know, shrunk my New Year's resolution, it'd be like the play of Pecorine and the, the playoffs. Because oh, even sure. going back to the Pittsburgh series in the finals, like he was terrible. And and then again, that Jets series, and even the Colorado series, he was not good. And that was, you know, that was the best goalie in the NHL, apparently. So I guess my New Year's resolution is is for the, I I would say, making it back to the finals. Because again, like, their window is closing, um, especially with Pekka's age. So again, I, I know it's asking a lot, but... At the same time, you also don't want this time wasted with the players that you have. So, yeah, I mean, I the,
0: mean the Preds are all in for a cup. Oh, I, I mean, yeah, like they, they've they've got you know this year, next year, you know, probably let's say, let's say three years. But I mean, if they're gonna win, you got to do it in that stretch, right?
1: Especially with the teams that are up and coming in the West as well. I mean, it's not getting any easier. No, the West is, the West is really interesting
0: to look at. I mean, you've got some, the old, the older mainstays, you know, like the Kings, they're pretty much done. Yeah, The Blackhawks, um, they're looking like they're done, but yeah, you've got all these other teams that, you know, like Calgary's coming up and, you know, San Jose is always floating out there, you know, Winnipeg, they, Las it's a, Vegas, Winnipeg. Yeah. Vegas. Um, you know, everyone always waits for an Arizona to finally turn it around. So, yeah, no, you're right. The West is – it's
1: difficult. Right. And so, I mean, a lot of those teams are young. So, you know, like, like with Winnipeg last year. I mean, they came out of nowhere, and all of a sudden they there, even within your own division, you have to constantly deal with them. And then they have your number in the playoffs right now. So, again, those are the teams you got to beat. Yeah, well, I said, I
0: mean, uh, you are right. And I think, yeah, for the goalie position for the Preds, I mean, Isaac Pekka could just bottle up some really good play and just sprinkle it on the ice before each of his games in the playoffs. Or just save it until the playoffs. Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that's the Preds. Now, the Islanders are in a very interesting spot here. Like, it's – they're playing far better than – most people would have expected. I think Islanders fans, the how well they're playing is a surprise to us. The fact that they're not terrible—that's not a surprise because I think a lot of people, even though um, he who shall be, not be named left, <laughs> um, with Trotz coming in, Barry Trotz, you know, just won the cup. He's now tied for fourth all time and victories in the NHL with a solid coach you knew that they weren't going to be terrible. Like that just was not going to be the case how well they've played. And, you know, that is a surprise, but you know, the team, it was not like the cupboard was bare when Tavares left, you know, the Islanders have actually had actually Islanders actually have young talent to be able to do something with. So it's been a really, it's been a fun season so far for sure. I guess for this year in terms of the new year's resolution that I would ask is that, you know, it's, it kind of comes down to the off season again, because a lot of what our GM and the coach were saying at the start of the season was, OK, this is a learning year. You know, we want to get a, a feel for the organization, get a feel for the players, young and old, and kind of take it from there. Now, again, the fact that they're playing so well is a pleasant surprise. But when it comes to the offseason, they're going to have to make some decisions about, OK, so What do we want to do? There's a couple of players that are up for free agency. So basically picking who you want to stay among that group. You're Brock Nelson, you're Jordan Everly, Anders Lee just got made captain. You're hoping he resigns. So you've got to make that decision, but then also the kind of players that you're going to bring in the big fear for a lot of Islanders fans is that our GM He won – it's Lou Lamorello. He won a whole bunch of cups with the Devils back in the 90s and early 2000s. There's a fear that he's kind of one of those old-school guys that, you know, likes to just sign, you know, the guys that grit and grind and play really hard. And, you know, that may not necessarily be the way that you want to take a team in the current NHL. So I think the decisions they make for building that roster moving forward are going to be – the biggest, because this team at this point, it is all gravy. If the Islanders make the playoffs, that would be amazing. If they didn't make the playoffs, you know, I, I don't think I could be disappointed because I think I didn't necessarily expect them to make the playoffs going into the year. So at this point, it really is all gravy. If they're in the mix in February, they want to go out and bring somebody in to make a run. Hey, you know what? That's fine. Like go ahead and do it, but it's going to be moving forward the kind of players that Lamorello brings in, that's what's going to be really interesting to see because the coach now is, we have a solid coach. The organization finally feels like it's got structure to it. There's a new arena coming um, in a couple of years. Actually, I suppose my my New Year's resolution, I could have gone with the off season or I could go with, never visit Brooklyn again and just play all your games in the Coliseum. that would be that would be the other New year's resolution I guess that would make uh, me happy as an Islanders fan but I think the off season for this team is going to be the most important.
1: Absolutely and you know what I would say that the team you just described almost in parallel is the Cleveland Browns.
0: Yeah I mean it's gonna be yeah Cleveland's got a lot of young talent. They need to get. I mean, like I guess they they need to get a coach now because apparently they're not bringing back Greg Williams. I was just reading, so they're going to open that up. So Cleveland, Cleveland has to get their coach first. But the organization itself actually seems solid. They do have a lot of young players and a lot of young talent. They just got to get. They got to get the coach right. I mean, that's it's kind of the same thing, ironically, as the Packers. You want to get someone that's going to take them in the right spot.
1: Absolutely, and. Like I said, like I told you yesterday, I think Cleveland's going to win the division next year. Yeah, it's crazy to think about
0: that, but it does seem pretty – I mean, they had a better record than we did, so I guess we have no record to say about anything. Nope. (laughs) Uh, All right, well, with that, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back, and we will just wrap uh, things up. All right, be right back. All right, folks, we are back here on the I'm Wrong, You're Right podcast. Uh, We have just gone through each of our favorite teams and talked about what their New Year's resolutions would be. Uh, Definitely some of the team's tone, you know, it's a positive upswing and you're kind of looking forward to finding that last piece and making a run at something. And for some of our other teams, it's just trying to make sure we don't fall into a canyon of mediocrity and that we can't come back from. Yeah, it's
1: interesting, though, with, like, the teams that you normally could count on for success, the script is now flipped between the two. Like, the the Bucks, it was always that, oh, let's make the eighth seed and then get swept in the playoffs and do that for, you know, 15 years. There are the Packers, where you have this run of success every year and, you know, championship was always your expectation. And just, like, the snap of a finger, now it's flipped, which is pretty interesting.
0: It's – I – you know, we've talked about this a couple times now, but I'll be so curious to see what happens with, like, Wisconsin – Wisconsin fandom going forward if the Bucks and Brewers maintain, like, a high level of quality and, you know, they keep things interesting. It's going to be really interesting just because the Packers have had this run – where they're clearly I mean they're still clearly the number one team in the state that's not going to be going anywhere for a while but I don't know amongst you know amongst the younger the younger kids like you know the younger generations I'll be really interested to see if you know one of those other teams
1: really picks up in terms of you know how who's watching and who's following right and I dare say it would probably be more towards the Milwaukee teams yeah, well, I
0: mean, and it also helps too that as much as, you know, I enjoy the Brewers' success, you know, they don't have the Bucks have what we haven't had in since basically Jabbar. Like, you have a true superstar who demands attention no matter where he's playing and is, you know, he can carry you to a championship. Right. The Bucks haven't had that since Kareem. So, I mean, the Bucks kind of have the leg up in that regard because Giannis is that good.
1: Yes, he is. So
0: we'll see going forward. Um, all right. I guess, you know, again, it's the last day of the year here. I wish everybody a great New Year's Eve. If you're heading out, you know, drive safe, stay safe. I hope your 2019 starts off well. Um, Tony, any thoughts for people on the new year?
1: No, I think 2019 is going to be – a very interesting and good year. We'll come back. Yeah, I guess the
0: the fun part will be coming back at the end of 2019 and seeing just how wrong we were. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so with that, I am Jeff Klenmer. And
1: I am Tony Ferrari.
0: And, again, Happy New Year, everybody. We'll see you in 2019. Happy New
1: Year.